What's up, everyone? It's Casey, and it is September 19th. Now, you might just think it's another Monday. Well, not for the bitches, because tonight we start our winter collective. I know, winter, blah, it's still fall, I get it. But we're in our winter collective. We start tonight. We are going to be meeting every Monday and Wednesday night at 6.30 Central Standard Time and take you through the entire 5th edition task list. So, Yes, there is still time to join. So yes, get your butt over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up. If you're not ready to take the plunge or you just want to figure out what we're all about, we also have opportunities for single drop-ins. Also, we get it. Life. Hashtag inflation. Over here at Study Notes, we have got you. We offer payment plans on all of our live collective packages. It breaks it up into these nice, bi-weekly payments so you don't have to break the bank all at once. We got you. We love you. So come join us, learn all about our whys, and get into your studying with us. We cannot wait. Love you. Mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X-rated way. It's behavior, bitches. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 122. Oh, or do you want me to say it as 122? Two? I don't know what's better for you, Case. One, Give us two, a rhyme. 122, 122. What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah! That was not my rhyme at all, but that just flowed through me so naturally. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? What was your rhyme? <laughs> okay, it was. It is episode 122. It's time to show up as you. Ooh. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, do you have goosebumps? I, I do only because it, it resonates with what I wanted to talk about today. I feel, because that's what you and I, we had a great yes. connection when we met. Yes. And I was like, yes. I was trying to explain to Leah. It was so, it was a long, it felt like a long time ago. It was, yeah. Um, but I was looking at my notes and I'm like, oh yeah, I already know this is going to be yeah. Is that that day you were so loud in the office? No, that was another one. <laughs> And okay. you were yelling at me. We got this new office space. I'm visiting in Texas. She's up. I don't know what she was doing in the upper part. I'm downstairs <laughs> running a pre-interview because she made me do it alone. And she's literally being so rude. I'm talking to the guests on Zoom, two of them. And she's like, Casey, shut up. Can you just be quiet? I'm like, I'm doing my job. <laughs> well, you should have been doing your job a little really quieter. Well. I, I, I have a quiet. Go into the bathroom. I'm cold, you know? I don't have quiet tones. That's not uh, part of my repertoire. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. before So we've already had our guests, but I'm going to do an introduction. I'm also going to read a review. Read the review first just to get us started for the day. I know. And also, Liat is struggling with these um, this laser to get her scleroderma spots off. So she's covered in purple spots, and she's feeling a little insecure today. <laughs> and I told her I would find a review about her to build up her self-esteem. So there just so happened to be one that came in recently from, get this, Liat's twinsy. Mom. Liat's mom. <laughs> is it your mom? <laughs> I'm kidding. I was like, no way. This is not your mom. <laughs> All right. It says first review ever in my life. Well, it might be Mel. Who knows? But no, this is the first review I've ever written in my life for anything because I just let others do it. If I have a problem, I just contact the company directly to see if I can get a coupon. First of all, Liat's Twinsy, thank you for doing that because I run customer service and I'd way rather just like have an email and give you like help someone than have a bad review. So thank you. 
But I love this podcast. You two are literally the funniest and realest people ever. I feel like I can relate to Liat so much because we are legit the same person. Caught up with Israeli men, both in ABA, South African dads, and just wild Jewish hotties. Congrats on your office. You both crack me up. Love you five, Eva. Oh my God, except I don't have an Israeli husband anymore, but thank you. (laughs) I was hesitant to read that and I wasn't going to tell you before because I'm like, I'm going to read it anyways. It's okay. You know what? They're good looking. I agree. But thank you so much for that. Thank you for that review. That could have been my mom saying that. I could see my mom being like, I'm I'm caught up with Israeli men and I have South African parents. (laughs) Go Liat. Five <laughs> Eva. Five Eva. What's that person's username? Liat's Twinsy. Oh my God. That means you're stuck with that. By the way, when you make a review name, you're like stuck with it forever. So I'm so thankful for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Now it. let's get into the juice. All right. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Today we're going to change it up a little. I am going to be the one to introduce our guest. Because behind the scenes that you don't know here, Casey is like, she couldn't even say the word autism. So I'm going to try it out. So here we go. Stephanie Augustine is a licensed and board certified behavior analyst with over 10 years of experience in the field of developmental disabilities and autism. She began working in group home settings as a behavior specialist after completing a Master of Arts in Clinical Psychology from Adelphi University. She's worked in academia as an ABA instructor at the graduate school level and has worked in K-12 school settings as a behavior consultant. Her post-master's clinical training and behavior analysis training was completed at FIT. Hey, me too. Stephanie's the co-founder of Blossoming Behavior Applied Behavior Analyst. She was awarded a Doctor of Education in March 2019 from Northeastern University. That's hot. Gotta love a Doctor of Education. And she did her dissertation on a phenomenological, phenomenological, that's a crazy word, analysis of autistic children receiving applied behavior analytic services, a culturally and linguistically diverse parent's perspective. This should be interesting. You'll hear more about it in a bit. Her research and practice interests include disseminating applied behavior analysis to underserved groups in culturally diverse populations. This is very important. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We are happy to have you. Leah, I just want to say you can have that job if you would like. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stephanie's last name's easier than some of the other ones you say when it's like <laughs> I, know, I don't I, I don't want to do it. No, I just like literally had the giggles. Since today is opposite day, I will be delivering the behavior concept today. I'm the worst robot ever. Bear with me. We are going to be talking about consequences, contingency-shaped behavior, unplanned models, generalized imitation, discriminated avoidance, primary reinforcers, negative reinforcement, motivating operations. Robot, never are you, to come are you from, again. Are, are, yeah, you're never doing that again. And are you from England or India? This robot is like, I'm so confused. <laughs> but anyways, um, I met Stephanie probably oh, probably over a month ago. Yeah. And remind me, because I have gone through all of our emails. How did we get connected? Where did we connect? I reached out to Liat on, I think, LinkedIn. 
and she sent me the link and she was like, all right, well, let's meet. And then you showed up. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, it's, it's Casey. Look, well, you know what it is? I, oh, no, I've it's seen, Casey. well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's because I've always seen Liette and like, mm-hmm. I kind of knew her energy and then when mm-hmm. I saw you, I'm like, oh, no, I don't know what to expect. And then I realized that you two are the same people. So it worked out perfectly. And Casey's <laughs> way friendlier than me, actually. Like, if really? You know energy, are you kidding? Every person, that's like the way she read a review today, they're never about me. They're always like, she's so sweet and smiley. I connect with her so much. So, like, uh, today is she my came day, from crackhead parents. Like, <laughs> childhood. I just know from our screening call that Casey was just so like authentic and transparent, and it it put me in a place where I felt like I could just talk and not feel judged. And I was even telling Casey during the screening call, like now I see why everyone loves study notes because like mm-hmm. you can just learn. You can learn without feeling like you're being judged for things that you don't know. That's exactly how I felt when I was talking to you. And I think I was actually telling Leah, I think I was going through some shit that day. I don't know what it was. I don't what are the I remember though. What are the, <laughs> what are the odds that I was going through something? And I was like, I have to do a pre-meeting. I don't know who this is. Stephanie, uh, not Stephanie. Liat just like hands these meetings off to me because she's like too busy, <laughs> which I love doing them. But I'm like, can we do them together? Like, come on. And so I immediately felt just so comfortable with you. And we were just, we weren't even talking about really the podcast. We were just talking no, about we're just vibing, vibing each other, yeah, and yeah, showing up as yourself and being true when you're going through something hard, and that it's okay to be you, right? Right. Yeah. So people I'm love that. People mm-hmm. love authenticity. I have to tell you, well, like- it just makes you feel like you're not alone. Like sometimes, especially working from home, you just feel like, oh, I'm the only one that wakes up every morning with anxiety and like dreads like just like little things no you're not like I had this conversation with anxiety I never have it yeah right (laughs) I feel like people always think that because you're a behavior analyst slash therapist that you Mm -hmm. should have a good handle on your life because you're taking care of other people's kids and other you know people's you know other people period and like other people exactly exactly and it's just so comforting to know that like well I have my own stuff that I'm dealing with and like I don't always have my behavior analyst hat on and sometimes I just need to like be human and go through the process and deal with my emotions and then I come back and I'm ready to go at it again yep and some days I feel like on fire like I'm getting everything done I'm like wow I'm in the flow Leah and I talk about this all the time like yesterday we were in the flow she's like we are back and I'm like, yeah. yes, but it's okay if on tomorrow we're not in a flow and it's like, because uh, sometimes you push through things and you're not even getting quality work done when you could just oh, say, yeah. I'm just not feeling this right now. Like there's something going on clearly in my life that is not allowing me to flow mm-hmm. together with you or on this project or whatever it may be. And it's like, give yourself permission to rest. Yeah. Like, give yourself okay some right grace. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you're, when you have a partnership. Yeah. And because I, I think like business partnership is very similar to like the relationships you have in your life with your husband or your wife and your kids. And, you if know, not and, more, like, if, if not, not more, more. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm married to my business partner. I harass her, at, you know, like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh, man, she's probably sleeping. She's going to be so upset, you know, but like, <laughs> you know, 
I just feel like she's my other half when it comes to our business. And like, I just rely on her heavily and she relies on me. But I also know when like she needs to disconnect and she knows when I'm in a bad place and she just needs to handle it. So I feel like we've developed like this, this ability to just understand each other and just be intuitive about each other's needs. I feel that. I literally feel like this is so hard right now. We have yeah. gone through so much shit yeah. this summer with like Liat's personal life, my personal life, business, you know, expanding, growing, growing pains and learning boundaries with each other, learning yes. that, you know what, like sometimes if I don't respond at, after seven o'clock at night, even if we're in friendship mode, it's just because I'm trying to spend time with my husband. Right. And, and then it's also like, but then we are, we're, be- we're best friends and we're partners. Right. And I feel like you're the same way with what's her name? My, my, her name is Shoba and Shoba, Shoba right. became my bestie. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. Shoba before we went into business together and we same were sort here. of like, really? Oh, I think yeah. you did tell me that. Yeah. We were just yeah. sort of like navigating, you know, like this professional relationship and like trying to be super corporate about it. And then I was like, but I love you. And she's <laughs> like, but I love you too. And then we just like fell in love with each other. And then ever since then, I just feel like she's been my backbone and I can tell her anything. And it, I never realized how important it was to love the people you work with until I had a partner. And like, now we try to incorporate that into our business. Like we want everyone to just show up to work and feel happy and not feel like this is like a high pressure zone. Like, yeah, we're going to get the job done. Don't get me wrong. We're efficient as fuck. And we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to do right by our kids, but we're also going to have fun doing it. You know, and it's like no finger pointing. Um, most recently we had an incident with like a child. I won't get into it, but it was a really tough situation that like I didn't sleep for the whole weekend. I was so worried about him. I was worried about what this meant for my reputation, what the parents would feel. And like just for the beauty, the beauty of like the whole team coming together and saying, let's get ahead of this. Let's meet with the parents. Let's problem solve. Like it happened. Maybe we fucked up. I'm not sure. But like, let's figure out what went wrong and fix it and move on because we don't have to dwell on the things that we get wrong. I just feel like such energy right now. I don't know, Leah. Are you feeling this? <laughs> this too is because- literally like the conversation. So Katie and I have recently. Um, you're, you're describing everything that we've been going through in this we, current We've state. started yeah. working with this amazing just because it, I mean, someone my dad's been good friends with for years. He's a... Um, organizational organizational psychologist psychologist. Mm. and he like came in like and basically he's so sweet he like helps yeah like with whatever it is I'm like okay we're looking to hire someone and she asked me what our PTO policy is and what days are off Mm. and what are and I was like so I'm like oh my god what do I tell her I don't know I asked him I'm like because like we don't have one and so like you know Casey's orderly. So Casey's like, yeah, we have to be able to provide them with these exact things. So I'm like, oh my God, we're not looking professional, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, well, we don't fucking have any. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. I'm like, um, we get our shit done and that's it. Yeah. So, I so don't then know. he said, he's like, it was like so, like such like weight off my back. Cause like he had said to us, like, do you guys like even have one? I was like, no. He's like, well, that's who you guys are, that you don't have one. It's like, look, you're going to do what you're going to like, and that's, ex- we're going to get our shit done no matter what. Right. You know? So like, there's no, there's not a PTO thing. Like just, like, right. if you have shit, take care of, go get it done. I don't give a shit. Right. Like, as long as you get your shit done, I'm going to get mine done. You're going to get yours done. And mm-hmm. it was like this relief to, you know, like. To not wait. feel like everything has to be formal. 
Yes, or corporate, or yeah. I don't even like, know how to make things formal. Like, it's just not in my blood. So when I try to do it, Same. I'm immediately in like, uh, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and everyone's like frozen, yeah. and we're all paralyzed, and have no idea what to do next because we're like. It's not who we are. So it's funny because I feel like I operate the same in my business and Shoba is the more organized one. Like she's the one that's like, okay, this is the plan and we're going to do this. And I'm like, I'm just pure chaos sometimes. But I also just feel like that's my strength. I am, you know, I am someone who struggles with mental illness. I've shared that with you before. And there are going to be days that I'm completely manic and I know everything to do and I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning and I'm not going to bed until three o'clock and everything's getting done. And then there are days where I am severely depressed. I'm going to be in bed for three days, but you'll hear from me. Like, I'll be back. (laughs) I'll be back. Just let me like go through this and let me be in the moment and let me like take care of myself. And I feel the same about my staff and I've had to learn. And it's so tricky because you're right. Like that's who you are. You guys are a small company. You guys are growing. You don't have a PTO policy because you trust your staff. But then like, there's always that curveball, right? Like there's always that person who comes in and proves to you why you need a formal policy and why it's necessary, why it should have been written. And I've had to go through that. We've only been in business for three and a half years and I've had that situation happen many times. And what I learned was like, okay, well, we're a small company. We're, we're still learning from our experiences. So now we just correct the problem. Like, this was a problem. We didn't have a PTO policy. So what is it now? You know, like not kind of not harping on what we haven't done right, rectifying it and moving on. We work with consequences here for the future. We're like, okay, we (laughs) learned our lesson. All right. Liat needs to stop hiring everyone (laughs) upon meeting them. Like there has to be some sort of process. So like Liat will be the final person to meet someone because I love everyone. Same. Um, But what you were saying is very true, and that's why I feel like Casey and I work so well together because I have some days that I'm on fire. Like, my Adderall's working. I'm feeling healthy. And I'm finally able to focus on something so hard for me that I struggle with. So on those days, Casey, like, knows, like, all right, I'm going to take advantage of it while she's, like, we're going to get shit done. Yes. And then the other days when I'm, like, as soon as I'm not producing things, I feel like shitty. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. not getting anything done. So Casey will be like, dude, you're fine. We got all this done. None of this stuff is going to like die. There's no fires. Yeah, like, no one's going to die if you don't show I up see, one yeah, day. I see everything as fires. Yeah. I, I also have realized that like, well, I should be able to walk away from my business for three days and for there to not be a fire. Like, do I have the appropriate systems in place so that if I do have to disappear, Things are still taken care of. And that's been my primary focus. I don't want people relying on me. I don't. I want like efficient people who take initiative, who will get the job done, who will text me. All my staff know how I operate. And that is I'm either there 100% or like you can't find me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or like I'm working from the park while I'm hysterically crying, you know, (laughs) but like everybody knows that about me. And I'm very, I'm very honest about that because I feel like, I don't know about you two, but my experience in, a- in ABA, I, I, I became a behavior analyst in 2014. And I remember the temperature back then being very like corporate and cold and like, I hate to say it, but like super uncool, you know, like just mm-hmm. very like, this is the way things are. We speak in all technical terms. If you can't be technical, then you're not a great behavior analyst. And 
I remember feeling like I'm not a traditional behavior analyst then. Maybe this is not even the field for me because that's not how I want to operate. I actually see the world from a variety of lenses. I'm a behavior analyst for sure, but I'm also a million other things. I'm a woman. I am an African-American person. I'm a mom. I'm, I have other businesses. I'm a coach. You know, I'm a professor. So I can be all those things and still be a behavior analyst and not have to feel like every problem I solve, every client I see has to come from that particular lens. Because I think that variety is good. I think that that eclectic style has brought me so much in my career. I totally agree. And I think that people get very what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of fused to the yes. fact that you're now a behavior analyst and that is your sole identity. That is your sole and identity. If you are not showing up in a clinic or as a BCBA in a school, then you're not a behavior analyst, right? Right. And you get backlash from family, friends. Like I remember when I quit my clinical job mm. to work for study notes, so many of my family were like, what a waste of your degree. Like you just right. went through all of this to get your BCBA and now you're leaving the field. I'm like, I'm not leaving right. the field. Like right. I'm, doing I'm doing something, something different, different in this. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm branching outside of what so-and-so is the box that they put us in. And, and I'm as going a matter to, of fact, yeah. you're actually serving more people. And that's yeah. what I try to get through to my staff is like, it's not enough if you're the expert because then it's just you, you're keeping that information to yourself. And how is this child going to benefit if you disappear for whatever reason, you move, you quit, whatever. Like, I think our job is dissemination. Let's, and I think that's what study notes does. And that's what I love so much about it is like, now when I'm giving my son a bath, I'm like, hmm, you know, what, what's the discriminative stimulus here? Like I'm thinking about yeah. all the things that Leah brings up when she's, you know, working with her son. And I'm just like, well, I, I, this feels more fun to me. This feels more organic to me. It, it, it's actually helping my life to be able to recognize how behavior totally. analytic concepts, you know, are incorporated in my life rather than making it feel so sterile. It's so not fun. Not fun at all. What up, guys? Sorry to interrupt middle of the episode, but I felt like there's something very important I need to tell you. One of the best things we have here at Study Notes ABA, which I take full notice that I have not done a good job of sharing the word, is the Study Notes ABA app. Our app is available on iOS and Android. This is a big effing deal. If you want to know a few things about our app, let me tell you what it does. First of all, day one, you put your date in that you're taking the test. It will then provide you with a checklist of how you should break down your studying. You could earn badges. If you're that competitive bitch like Casey, you're gonna get right on in there and try make streaks and get different badges as you go through. Then there are thousands of questions for you to practice each section of the task list. There's leaderboards and my favorite part is, well actually there's two, the doodle it. The doodle it is when you go through, it looks like an Instagram feed, except you are seeing people's beautiful study notes that they've written out. You could comment on them, like them, learn from each other. It's amazing. And my second favorite part is the gamified part. You can go on there, choose your schedule of reinforcement. What do you want to work for? Wine, beer, coffee, popping skinners, pimples, whatever you're into, you could work for, and you could set your schedule of reinforcement. You'll be learning about ABA by seeing all the principles that we've embedded in the app. This is an amazing place. 
as well as join twice a week for a live study group with one of our badass BCBAs. Go to the Google Play Store or the iOS Store and go ahead and download the app. Wait, can you no. can you rewind a little bit because I know Casey, you didn't do the you did the pre-interview, but I think anyone listening is also going to want to know what is your business. Okay, sure. So I have I I have a lot of things going on. So my my first business that I own with my partner Shoba. It's called Blossoming Behavior. It's an ABA. Um, we have a center-based program, and we also have a home-based program. So we service children that have graduated from early intervention, or I guess I should say aged out of early intervention. So like from three, our oldest client is 25. Um, we only have 30 clients. I've worked for so many big box agencies, and the decision I made back in 2019 when I was going to start this was like, I want to be completely different. I don't want to enroll people for the sake of hours. I don't want to enroll people just for the sake of having clients. I want to like really dig deep and solve problems. I want people to walk away from their experience of blossoming behavior saying, wow, damn, ABA works, you know? And I have worked at so many other places where they're like, what is this ABA thing? And I'm like, how have you been getting ABA for two years and you still don't even really understand what's going on? Or, you know, you don't understand how it's impacting your child. To me, that's not a good look for our industry, period. And we all have worked hard for our credentials. So I would also like to protect the field, you know? And so that's why we took on 30 clients. We have a full-time BCBA. We have some subcontractors. And then we also have our own caseloads. And we are like deeply entrenched in the work. I, we know of every single case. We do consultations. No insurance does not cover that. I'm still figuring out how to pay myself from this. <laughs> but I'm sure like a the, lot of people are. Yeah. yeah. But the point is like, we're trying to do it differently. And I'm not always sure that it's perfect and it's probably not perfect. And I'm still working out the kinks and Shobha and I are constantly like in conversations about how do we fix this problem of like, well, we need to make money from this, but we also really deeply feel um, like the kids deserve more than just like throwing a random person in there. Um, the other thing you may not know about me, Leah, that I think I mentioned to Casey was that my brother has autism. He's me too. 20. Really? I didn't know that. Mm hmm. My brother's autistic. He's 25 years old. He is. Me too. Oh. Golly. Are you wait, serious? Actually, it was his birthday. He's 26 now. August 3rd. Oh, wait, he just turned 26 this year. He just turned 26. Okay. My brother yes. will be 26 in February. Okay. Um, and he's my muse. He's my muse. He's like a beautiful, sweet, young man. And like, I got to watch him transform from a caterpillar into a butterfly. Like, it's going to bring tears to my eyes. I won't even do that to you. Uh, no, but, I like, know that I feel the same way. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and I think that's what like made me so passionate about it. Cause I was like, well, like my brother's name is Ailey and he won't mind us talking about him. Cause he talks about it all the time. But like the fact that he transformed his life because he was educated by his sister who explained to him, this is what experiences might feel like. This is called autism. This is what the world might look like for you. This is how people might respond to you. And like in a very, I wasn't that BCBA who was like jumping in. as like, I'm going to do ABO, my brother. I just, all I wanted was for him to understand why he felt so different. And once he, once he understood why, then he was able to like problem solve in his own life. He recently just told me, he's like, oh, Steph, I took the train. And because he lives alone now, I convinced my mom to let him move out. 
at 25 years old. And she's like, all right, I trust you. He moved out and he called me and he's like, I took the train to the city in New York City. I don't know if you either wow. of you have ever been to New York, but it's crazy. I didn't even do it. I yeah. <laughs> it's intense. It's intense. And people in New York City are mean. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like very yeah. rushed and like everyone's just getting somewhere. And he was like, my phone died. I didn't know how to call a cab. And I was like, what did you do? And he said, well, I remember what you taught me. You told me to problem solve and like observe my environment. So he said, I looked around and I saw where everybody else was going after the art convention that he went to. And they were all going in this one direction. So he said, I followed them. And then what I saw them do was like take, they got off the curb and, and maybe like two, three feet from the curb, they started waving their hands like this. And when they did that, a cab pulled up. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, that's how it works. And he's like, and then I got in the cab and I went to the train station and I went home. Wow. And I'm like, that is incre- like, it, it probably doesn't sound like a big deal, but like, no, that's my heart big, as you know. knowing, like, as having a brother too, I like, yeah, oh, I like literally feel like warmth in my heart. And by yeah. the way, because I have to, if anyone's studying, the example that Steph just gave was an unplanned model. Okay. That's the I just idea. Wrote that down. <laughs> that's the idea of what we really want individuals that we work with. I mean, the fact that if you have, you know, generalized imitation that you could copy other people, that's amazing to have those models because think how many things we learn all the time, you know, whether it's like I always wondered how people knew where to go for baggage claim after a flight. Like I thought my parents were like literal geniuses, but like you just follow the crowd. You don't really (laughs) need to follow the the And But that is stuff that makes me so happy to hear. So I'm assuming your brother is pretty high functioning that he's able to do this. Yeah, he's very intelligent. He's very intelligent. Cognitively, he's very intelligent. He does struggle with the social aspect. He does struggle. And that's another thing I've seen, not only in my practice, but, you know, in my personal life is, you know, older autistic people, like in their 20s, late teens, really struggling with, like, the idea of intimacy and dating. And, like, there are so many, there's so many, like, um, nuances associated with getting to know people. You know, like we teach eye contact, we teach greetings, right? But like that's super surface level. What happens after that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I I literally, I think it's hard even if you don't have autism to understand like what's normal nowadays. Like, like, even if you don't have autism, it's like, wait, this person's inviting me over to like watch Netflix. Are they actually interested in me? Or is this like a general, like, like, do they actually really like enjoy the act of like, yeah, like. I mean, if you think about it, these like mixed messages you get, even as someone who is typically developing, yeah. for someone else who like needs a formula for everything they do and a rule, this is like – Like the world is not just black and white. Like there right. is so much to teach and it's like – I mean, even me, I, I don't have autism, but I have a lot of things that I definitely go through my mind about social conversations and I avoid yeah. social interactions a lot in – just a sense that I don't know what to say. So I like think about this as I walk down the hall and I have a a BCBA and OT that work around around the corner. And I found myself the other day doing the weirdest behavior. I walked out of the office. They were walking in with like a client or something. And I don't know why I did. I love them. We talk all the time. I was just like, uh, uh, and I like stopped, turned around and went down a dead end hallway and like, I know they saw me and I like got to the end and there was no staircase. And I'm like, now I have to walk back and go past them again and explain why I just darted and avoided them 
because I socially was like, I don't, I, 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 and I froze. Yeah. And I, I think about that after the fact and I'm like, Casey, <laughs> that like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I just could, I didn't have anything in my mind to say. And I was worried about a conversation that wasn't going to be like, it wasn't going to be natural. Right? And then I also wonder, Casey, like if maybe you just didn't have the bandwidth to socialize in that moment. That's, you know what? That's you know? probably a big part of it. Yeah. Cause like, I know sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and I'll see someone I know and I'm like, I would love to say hello, but I just can't right now. You know, I'd mm-hmm. love to know how you're doing, but like today is not the day. I'm not in the mood. Don't feel like doing small talk. I'm just not into it today, but I pray I see you another time. <laughs> you I love that I pray. I'm going to use that because <laughs> yeah. my, my husband is like, I think of me as a very outgoing, but yes. when it comes to wanting to go talk to people, that's my yeah. husband. He's like, oh, so-and-so is out at the boat launch. Let's go say hi. I'm like, why? It's a waste of my time. I don't have, I don't have the energy. And, right. But I like this because I, I feel guilty and that I'm like being a bad person. And he's like, well, why don't you just want it? They're our friends. And I'm like, you're right. I don't have the bandwidth. And I pray I see you when I do have the bandwidth. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And I've, I've learned to respect myself in that way. And, and also like respecting the children I work with. Because there is so much of what we do. And please, you both are like the, the technical term experts. So like correct me. Um, but like, I not oh, I <laughs> no, no, Lee, I will. I can totally see it. I will it, correct but, uh, you with the jargon, <laughs> as Casey says. <laughs> also, I just want to back up for anyone studying. That's a great example of discriminated avoidance. What mm. Stephanie and I both just talked about is that I see it in my environment, right? There's a clear SD being the person and I choose to avoid it, right? Yeah. Before I'm in it. Cause that would be then an escape. Once you're in it, once you're talking, shit. And then you're like, I got a phone call. I'm yeah. escaping you, which you don't even have a phone call. Um, so that's the difference. But these are all great things. Yeah, that's awesome. But I just feel like for the kids that I work with, like, how do I teach them the gray areas? How do I explain to them that, like, you actually don't have to say hi to everyone who walks in. There's going to be people, be people you don't like. There's going to be people you don't know. There's going to be people that you have a negative history with. There's going to be people that scare you, you know? And, like, I think having children, I have a nine-year-old and then I have my little baby. He's not really a baby. He's almost two. And, like, watching how Me they too. Operate, We're literally twins. Okay. You guys are. <laughs> Do you have an older one, too? No. Oh, just a two, you have a two, almost two-year-old? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kobe. So, like, I, and, and it's funny because, like, I used to do that with my first child when I was, at the time, I was studying for my BCBA. He was born in 2013. I took the test in 2014. So, I was constantly, like, learning the concepts with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny watching him now because he'll do it, too. He'll, that's how he teaches our, our little one. <laughs> it's really? so funny. Yeah, and it works. It works, but it's just like, I don't know. I have this deep, I have this deep passion for dignity and respect that I think everyone deserves, um, no matter who, you know, where they're from or no matter how, um, they, they think, no matter how their mind thinks, no matter what diagnosis they have. And I sometimes feel like we put, we as in like the industry, puts autistic people in a box. And like, when I think about my brother, for instance, he just does things differently. He's not being inappropriate. He's not engaging in socially unacceptable behaviors. He respects himself. He respects others. He's just different. And I love him for his differences. And I think he's going to find 
a lady friend one day that he's looking for that's going to also love him for the man that he is. Is that one of his goals? That is one of his goals. He tried the okay Cupid thing, and I'm like, that's not a good place for you to go if you're looking. <laughs> like, because yes. he's very like, I want to be in a respectable relationship. Not that I'm saying it can't happen on okay Cupid. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, maybe like online dating is not the thing to do if you're not quite, you know, if you need to like meet someone and really see if they jive I with think you. There does need to be like an like a dating app for individuals with yes. autism. Like there's so many individuals I hear about. Like even my brother, my brother's like not I mean he's definitely lower functioning. Okay. Um like he will never live alone. Mm. But you know, he's like very into girlfriends and like getting a girlfriend or like but just like I sexy want girls. Yeah, you <laughs> hot chick, you know, like you said. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, like just all this stuff. And but can I, mean, I say something about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I also think people don't realize like mental capacity, cognitive ability or not, we have this um we have like hormones and we have this physiological need that needs to be met. Hashtag um, unconditioned or- reinforcers. Yes. Yes. Keep going, you're doing great. <laughs> Um, but yes, exactly. Unconditioned reinforcers. Like we got to eat, we got to drink and sex is part of that. And intimacy is part of that. And affection is part of that. So like some, some people might look at your brother and say, well, he'll, he'll never leave live alone. So he doesn't need a girlfriend, but like, no, he also still has needs. No, I mean, girlfriend. Yes. I just don't see him living alone just in case. No, I know. I know. I know. And my brother too, he doesn't live alone. He, he lives with family. He, mm-hmm. he thinks he lives alone because he lives in the basement and they leave him the heck alone. But, okay. you know, like, I just feel it, it's, a, it's a difficult conversation to have. I don't, I don't know about for you, but, like, in my family, it's a difficult conversation to have because everyone has always made him feel like he was disabled. Everyone mm-hmm. has always made him feel like he's going to live a different life and that there are certain milestones that he won't reach. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, you mm-hmm. can still do all the things you want to do. You may not be a doctor you may not be a lawyer and like that's fine too you love to draw you're going to be an amazing artist you are going to make money being an artist you're going to find a nice lady and you're going to love her and do whatever you gotta do with her no details you know and (laughs) and you're going to enjoy your life and that and and like that's what happiness is going to look like for you and that's I'm okay with that and like we'll help you We'll help you figure that out, you know, but it's just like, it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. It's not like this, it's not like there's this ideal version of success and that mm-hmm. our kids, our brothers, our siblings with autism can or never without have autism. Ever, All of us compare to timelines. Like, it's like, wait, what the hell? Like, I'm this age. I don't have a child yet. I'm not married yet. I haven't met anyone yet. I haven't, you know, I'm not making this amount of money yet. Like, all of us compare to this. So it's like even harsher for individuals who like maybe their happinesses are different, not just on a different timeline, but also different. And I, it's it's hard for a lot of us to accept that like this might be someone else's happiness and to – I mean because I know just being honest, like certain things. So my brother had gotten in trouble because apparently he – they said he went into the bathroom and like tried touching a kid's private or something, um, right? At his like day program. Yeah. So then they – First of all, I don't know why they sent him to the bathroom alone, but 
I mean, I do understand because he's older, but also like if they've like said this is like an issue, whatever. Okay. And so then we got in touch with like some of these BCBAs who like specialize in sexuality, whatever. And I realized that I even started feeling uncomfortable with certain things they were saying. You know, like maybe he's into this, maybe he's into this. Like it was just like, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like just like too much. And I'm even me, I'm saying, like, I'm conditioned to, like, certain things where I'm, like, like, immediately it was, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, he likes guys. I'm, like, no, he doesn't. He's just, like, doesn't know how to release him. But I just, right. like, because I'm, like, so. It's almost like you became sensitive way. about it. Yeah. I'm, like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. They're, like, I don't know. It was, like, things that to me were just, like, so far-fetched. Like, yeah. you know, maybe cartoons or what's his pornography. I don't even. And I'm just, like. Because I have one way of the way I think things are supposed to be because that's how conditioned I am. Right. That like this other ideas I was like – like I found myself being like resistant to. Like this is just whack, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. And I think like – I think because I started working in group homes, mm-hmm. that really changed the tra- trajectory of my experience working with younger people. Because in the group homes, I mean, it was never really like traditional AB. I don't know if you guys have ever worked in group home settings, but. I have. That's yeah. where I came from, group homes and adult day programs yeah, and same. adult residential. Same. So, it's, you know, it's all like behavior management, but it's not ABA. Um, and I remember starting, when I started in group homes. Well, it is ABA. It's just not the traditional thing we think of as like discrete trial. Like yeah. I always struggled that. I'm like, I was so like. When I graduated, I was like, I must be sitting at a table yes. doing d- functional analyses and DTT yes. or I'm not doing ABA. Yes. And what I realized working with adults is that like shit looks different, but we're still mm. doing the same stuff in incidental okay. teaching and naturalistic environment teaching in play and life skills. That Communi- is also ABA communication, yeah. community getting out in the community. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, no, no, you're, you're, you're right about that. You are yeah. actually right about that. Cause I'm not going to lie to you. I've always been um, very critical, but now that you frame it that way, I do think you're right. Cause I used to be the same way. I'd be like, well, that's yeah. not ABA. And that's like yeah. one of the reasons I didn't want to stay there. And yes. now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, I want everyone out there who's working with not little kids to know you yeah. are still doing ABA. Okay. Yeah, and I it agree. is. And- yeah. And that's part of like the dignity of working with adults too. Mm-hmm. But I remember back then, um, it was 2006 and like sex was not something we talked about with our adults. It was a taboo subject. If somebody wanted to have sex, it was a whole process we had to go through like informed consent. I mean, granted, I understand why, but we had to do sexuality training. We had to go through informed consent. We had to present it to our committee, our HRC committee make sure a psychologist signed off on it. Obviously all of those are in place to protect the person and to protect other people, but it just felt like such a sterile process. Like, is anyone actually going to talk to this young person and be like, Hey, what do you want? Yeah. (laughs) What do you want to do? Are you, you, what you like somebody or, you know, like what, how how do you want this to look? And I remember working in one group on a different agency and it was a group of older women, maybe like middle-aged women. They all had Prader-Willi syndrome Mm-hmm. And I loved working there. It was my first time feeling empowered about sexuality and people with varying uh, abilities because these women, every Friday, they wanted to go to the sex shop and we would go to the sex shop. Wait, and is sex things- well, I, I didn't know that. Is Prater, like, I thought Prater Willie is associated with like eating. It is. It is. Is yeah, it a it sexuality was- thing too? No, not at all. It was just middle-aged women that wanted to get their freak on. <laughs> okay. And 
every Friday that was their events. Like we would go on community outings. We would, you know, do things during the week, but Friday was the day we went, I'll never forget the name of the store was called expressions and we would go out there and the things these women were buying. I'm like, I've never even seen that before. Like, what are you even going to do with that? And they would explain it to me and they were like so funny and charming and intelligent. And I, I, I mean, the impression I got back then was because, you know, because they had Prada release syndrome and it was dangerous for food to be unlocked. Everything was locked. So they had very little control of their lives. And I think, you know, if you really think about, as Liat would say, unconditioned reinforcers. Reinforcers. Thank you. You know, like if food is not an option, you know, but sexuality, like that release is still an option. Then I think that's kind of why they were so fixated on the sex piece, but it was kind of cool. It was, it was weird at first, but it was kind of cool because Fridays we would go to the store, they would buy their thing. And then two hours, the house would just be completely quiet. Everybody was in their room, doors locked. Enjoying and they would come out for dinner and it was like, all right, let's, you know, that was cool. It was just, you know, yeah. And I just remember feeling so empowered for them, you yeah. know, and just the fact that like they were respected and they were heard and they had the opportunity to experience what like a lot of people want, mm-hmm. which is like, mm-hmm. I guess we'll call it intimacy or like sexual release or, you know, whatever, whatever that might be for them. And mm-hmm. it just made me so proud. I don't know. No, I love that. <laughs> it made me so I proud. And then, and then I decided I'm going to go out into the world and like, I'm going to talk about sex mm-hmm. because sex is important and sex is good. And like, yeah. not only is sex, it can be good, but like sex is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sex is a good thing. Even if we're not talking about procreation, yeah. it's just a matter of like, are we doing it safely? Do you understand consent? Do you understand your sexual partner has to honor, you know, your wishes? Like, you know, those kinds of things obviously we work out, but I'm really big on that because I think, I think that's one of the most fulfilling parts of life is, is like being in relation yep. with other people. And being comfortable enough to speak up for yourself and advocate for what feels good and what doesn't and what you want and what you don't want. And, you know, not feeling ashamed if, yeah. You know, and culturally, Normal, I remember, yeah. like, I, my, I'm from Haiti, and, okay. like, sex wasn't something we spoke about in my, in my house. Like, even as a neurotypical young child, like, sex was like, you don't have sex. And then you turn, mm-hmm. and you don't have boyfriends. And then you turn 30, and everyone's like, how can we not married? What's, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, because I wasn't allowed to date. <laughs> That's right. why. I'm learning yeah. how to date now. So mm-hmm. it, it was just interesting because I always this, I always wanted to be different than the way I was raised. And I'm not saying I was raised poorly. I, I have a great family. We all have our problems that most families mm-hmm. do. But I know that they did their best with what they knew. And I just like try to take those values and bring that into my practice. Because I also know there's a lot of young people I work with who are struggling with that at home. And they may not have a space, a safe space to talk about like gender fluidity and sexuality and Mm-hmm. just exploring like their body and what this means for their future. So to go back to what you were saying, Liat, with your brother, um, you know, obviously that, that was not the healthiest way for him to channel it, but like the, no, I mean, I totally get it. And I like immediately as a sister, I'm like, well, he was kicked out of the place, which like, is oh. like his only activity he has to look forward to. So I was pissed oh. off. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 That's not the way you deal with something. When right. you're talking about an individual who has autism and an intellectual disability, like, yeah. 
how are you guys not, you guys need to be prepared for things. When you have adults, they have sexual needs. So the idea that, you know, um, like, and also, like, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not standing up for him that you could, like, grab anyone's private anywhere, whatever it is. But at the same time, like, this should be a learning opportunity for the day have to be like, we have adults, okay? They are going to have sexual desires. It is normal. This is like, this is a man, mm-hmm. right? I'm also wondering if this was a learning opportunity for the person on the receiving end, you know, like understanding boundaries. Did that person say, no, don't touch me there? Like, I, I think a lot of organizations, like we talk about like being small businesses, right? And like just being able to get ahead of things and like talk about it and problem solve it and move on. I think that a lot of bigger organizations, they're just worried about liability, you know, like your brother well, no, is I not think a, it's a great, yeah, it's a great teaching opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. Well, I think on this bo- person like you said, did on all sides. I think this person yeah. d- like did say something, like he tried to touch me or something. Okay. But like the idea is that there needs to be teaching on, on both sides, you know? I and agree. so I was like, I understood both sides of it too, like the organization, because I'm like, dude, when you're BCBA, most likely one of these places has one BCBA, if that, right? Oh, yeah. They're like slammed with shit they have to do. Like, hey, this person's like really hurting themselves. Like we, right? Okay, what's the easiest solution for them? For negative reinforcement to remove the individual that's making their life harder. Right. right? And so. But what does that do for the individual? Nothing. Like, Like, right. And it, or it's like, and then you're punishing the individual or their right. behavior. But right. ultimately, I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't be punished. My brother would effing love to like lay at home on the couch all day. Like, <laughs> like, seven different screens, like his like DS on top of his like computer. I, I don't know. Like, everything. <laughs> um, so, but the idea is like nothing's learned and he still is going to have these desires without any Teach help it. or yeah. learning. This really reminds me in a different way to the situation that I was explaining to you about earlier with, we had a, you know, a young person who did something that was very intense, very scary. And my whole team, their first instinct was, okay, well then he has to leave. Like he, he doesn't belong here. And then I had to stop and say, well, listen, he's going to leave here and he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to do that there. So like, let's get ahead of this. Let's figure out where we went wrong. Let's figure out, how do we prevent the situation from happening again so that he's safe, everybody else is safe, but that he still gets the opportunity to learn how to do it differently next time. And I, and I, and I, I agree that like a lot of companies, I understand there's like liability issues. I completely get that too as a business owner, but at the same time, how are you, how are you serving this, this person? He's what, like now he's going to be home and doing nothing. And, and he could potentially, you know, have that energy again and want to try it again and not know what to do next time because no one has taught them. And now it's back all on the parents again when they're just trying to have a break. Like, exactly. come on, that is our and job. And give him a fulfilling them. life and give him, yeah. a, you know, cause like day program, the whole purpose of day program is like, so that the, the young person can feel like empowered. I'm doing mm-hmm. things. I'm communicating with people. I'm socializing. It's almost like a lot, a lot of um, my clients, they would think of it as like, and take pride in coming to day program. Like yeah, this like is work. my like, like work, right? Yes. Like I'm going to my job today, exactly. but it's also going to be fun. Yeah. And we might go on a community outing out to a restaurant for right. lunch. And we're going to work on a shit ton of skills out there that they don't even know <laughs> yeah. we're working on. Yeah. And but they're going to be fun. successful. It is. Yeah. I and they love it. And it, 
Yeah. That's amazing because it's going to sound like pathetic, but me and my sister always say, we're like, we don't know what Gal does. That's my brother's name. Like at this place. Like, are they just like filling time just with like, I don't know, like, I mean, like stacking envelopes. I don't know, you know? And that's like another thing that I have to tell you, like as a sibling, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, like I'm so thankful for this place. Don't get me wrong because like it provides them a place to go every day. But at the same time, I mean, I think it's a challenge also of the providers because it's like you're trying to like there's all different ability levels. So you're trying to keep everyone busy. So like you'll stay in one place for a long time or like, you know, it's just – I don't know. It's things like I'm always thinking about as like That's having a, a sibling. My favorite part of working with adults was that, yeah, you're right. I would have all different levels, mm-hmm. all different behaviors, all different triggers, mm-hmm. tolerance. Um, and that it's you just have to be – if you're working with adults, you have to be on your toes at all times. Yeah. You need to be ready. You need to – like I'm really good at scanning environments and recognizing things. And I think that's like part of my complex PTSD is like, <laughs> yeah, I will scan an environment for, for threats or for mm. like, so like you need to know your clients through and through. You need to really, it's not just throwing someone as, as a warm body. Cause guess what? Right. That's when the fires happen, but you need to know yeah. your clients and understand, Hey, that I can see precursor behaviors. I'm going to go take so-and-so right. on a, on a, you know, on a break or whatever, while the rest of the team is still doing yoga in the park or whatever it is. Like just because you're it, able to see that. It also makes me feel like it's a systemic issue because, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how it is where you guys are, but in New York, it's we're under OPWDD. So OPWDD, they don't, they're not paying well. Hell no. These agencies have to hire staff, train them. You have a lot of staff that, that leave and you have to retrain. So they're paying people like minimum wage. They're paying them in my, I'm from New Hampshire. Yeah. And I know that a lot of our direct staff are getting paid less than if you worked at McDonald's. Not that that's wrong. But I'm saying you have people's lives in your hands. Like That's my in point. the community, in yeah. like with pretty dangerous behaviors and you're getting paid less in the stress. Why, why would you do that? If you could just go and work at even Aroma Joe's, like they're always yeah. so happy there. Trader <laughs> Joe's, they're always so happy. It's true. It's like, we need to pay these people more money. Yeah. And that's why I feel like it's a systemic issue because it is. in the case of your brother, Leah, like he's going to program and like you say, you don't know what they're doing with him. You don't know how they're filling his time. Is it just like a time filler? Or is he it actually is. It totally is. is. And that sucks. Like that doesn't bring anything to his life. It doesn't bring anything to his life. He needs to, you know, learn about how to live his the best version of his life and what's gonna bring him happiness. So and, and there's also like some companies that are just shittier than others. I've been to Amen. some really great day programs where like they're on it. There's like a vocational program, there's behavior analysts in every classroom, you know, like they're teaching. And then I've also been to very shitty day programs that are just like everyone just sitting in a room watching a movie. Or just like sitting around and all the staff's like, eating. Like and they're all the clients have been done eating for an hour, but their staff's just like shooting the shit. Yeah. Exactly. One time, apparently, he like tried touching his toe on a, on a girl's thigh under the lunch table. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, oh, okay. I want to hear about it. I'm like, well, how long is his lunch? You know, mm-hmm. two hours. I'm like, well, shit. I'd be sticking my toes up but- people's butts too. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and, and if you know Gal, he eats in seven seconds. My brother literally done. breathes in food. 
And then he goes full and he's done. It's like now next activity. Now it's the next time. So yeah, two hours. Yeah. That could easily be fixed, you know, like with an antecedent intervention. I'm just like, all right. But anyways. Yeah. More on that. I know there's a lot, but I mean, I feel like we could talk to you forever. I do find that a lot of people, and it's been very, it's been very nice to, to meet more people who come into this field, not just because, you know, obviously we have the capacity to make a lot of money. But also just because like it's, there's something more there. There's some deeper passion. There's some personal experience that like draws us to this field. And it, it, it always just like inspires me when, cause I've always felt like it was just me. It was just me, my brother, and I'm just trying to figure it out. My mom, she tried, but you know, it wasn't her thing. And I was the, I was always the one like, well, let's do this or let's do that, you know, and it's a lot of pressure and, that's the other thing that we've been dealing with at my company too, is like we have sibling groups because siblings also need to understand a, that they are deserving of attention too. They see their, their siblings getting therapy 30, 40 hours a week, 20 hours, whatever it is. And they don't get that level of attention. And two, I think it's very important that early on siblings learn why their brother or sister behaves that way, what it means, what to call it how to describe it to other people because I know me, my brother and I are 10 years apart and I will be his advocate till the day I die. So I'm so grateful that he has me and that I'm the type of sibling that got into this field and is knowledgeable enough, you know? So I think, I think every sibling should be prepared I to totally be able to agree. speak up and advocate for, for, cause your, your parents are not going to be around forever. Yeah. My college essay was about that, like about this idea of, how like embarrassing it was at like a like a young age like you have your friends over you know you're like yeah. 10 or something and it's like why is your like like or like whatever like 5 year old brother like sitting naked on my lap right now you know <laughs> it's like i don't know like why is your naked brother like like he wouldn't wear clothes like it was just yeah. like he didn't want clothes for like the sensory issues whatever it was and that and i just you know and the idea of like it made me who I am now. But I even look like last night, this is kind of off topic, but it was just like, so actually this is a perfect example of like, you know, like also like, I mean, as a sibling, you're exposed to this, but I'm so happy Kobe also is exposed to like having an uncle. And the twins. And the twins. So we were all at my parents' house last night for a barbecue. My nieces, twin girls who are five years old. Um, One of the twin girls seems to understand Gal better, like that why Gal acts the way he does. Like Gal is forever like riling these girls because his maturity level is like lower than the five-year-old twin. So like when they have toys, he wants the same toy they want, but they're like, no, it's mine. And then like Gal has volume issues. Like he's not able to like the, by the way, that's a magnitude issue, something that they definitely (laughs) need to be working on guys in case you're studying. Like his volume is so loud. So yesterday – Kobe was in one room and um, I happened to be like in the in the other room and suddenly I hear Kobe like crying. I'm like, oh my God, did he hit his head? Like blah, 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 blah. Kobe is 16 months, everyone listening. And I like, what's going on? And Gal runs out like with like a nervous like smile. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, nothing, nothing. He says like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, what did you do? What did you do? And he's holding his like Nintendo DS. And I'm like, did Kobe try touching it? 
And I see his eyes like he can't lie really well. He's like, no. And he's like, yes. I'm like, go. He's like, no, it's mine. I'm like, go. He's a baby. And he's like, no good, dangerous, look. Like it's like like it's like scary stuff on his screen, like some like scary game for Kobe. I'm like, no, but you can't yell at a baby. He's like, can't help. My voice like that little baby mama's tummy. He's saying his voice was like that since he's a little baby mama's tummy. This is his, like logic. He's also telling me, like, I love it. I love talk. I love talking, he tells me. I'm like, okay. But you can't. Like, you I need, need to meet cry. him. He's oh my God. So he's, like, he's my, like. I love it. Little baby mama tummy. And then, so Kobe's nanny was also there, and she only speaks Spanish. So Gal, my brother, I mean, Gal's already a little hard to understand, like even if you speak English, but Gal is telling her because she's the one holding Kobe after he was crying. And so he's telling her, I love it. I love talk. I, yeah, speech therapy. He's saying like, yeah, it does speech therapy. And he loves his voice. And I love to talk. And like, like just like absolutely like no logic in it. So like explaining was like, and I was like, this kid's crying, but I was like, I am like my thinking in that moment was like, I am so happy Kobe is seeing this at a young age, like 15 months. Like you can't protect from these things, right? Because like usually like a 25 year old man yelling at a 15 month old is something that is like so like socially not normal, Yeah, you know, but to Gal, his logic is like the same or like the same level as Kobe's. Like I want this toy. I want to play with it. And I like to talk, and I want to tell you that it's not good for you to watch. But I, I'm like, go. Oh, let me see if you can say it with a softer voice. He's like, I can't. And he's like pointing at his throat. I can't. I can't. And I'm like, <laughs> anyways. But it was just like, and I'm like, it's just like the funny things. Like you have to like laugh of like growing up with sure. someone like this in your house because he's trying to tell Kobe's nanny speaks zero English. She's like, why is this person like yelling at me? You know. And I'm like, but I'm. And then he feels bad that he's like. Like kind of like that. I'm like, oh, you're making Patty upset. She thinks you're like, and so Gal like then is like trying to smooth it over. So he's like, you have nice hair. Like telling her. <laughs> so I'm translating. I'm like, el dice tu tiene um, muy buena pelo. Like with like the limited Spanish yeah. I have, and it's just like like you could imagine this like being in that moment. But yeah. it was just like that these is things part are. Of- I'm yeah. so sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say no. that's that's what's going to make Kobe a great man because I see it with my own child. He's nine and he is, he's obsessed with autism, like obsessed. He wants to be a part of all, like it's to the point where I'll be going to a session and he'll cry. He's like, I just don't see why I can't come and help. And I'm like, it's not professional, baby. Like I have to, you know, go into somebody's home. Like if he comes to the center, it's fine. But he just is so entrenched in this like world of disabilities because of his uncle, because he saw what he, what my, what his uncle went through. My brother, when he was born, I was 26. My brother was 16. He had severe sensory auditory issues. So he could not hear a baby crying. So he hated my son, hated him. Like we had to move out the house. It was that bad because he was just so, angry and frustrated all the time and then I had my second child nine years later and he is like the best uncle ever he hugs him and he holds it's like small things that no one else would notice but like I notice that he's a different person and I'm so grateful that my son has had the opportunity to meet my you know people like my 
brother because then he's going to go out into the world and just treat everybody right. Because like it does, it really doesn't matter. At least for me, it really doesn't matter. Like, okay, maybe I'll have to talk to you differently so that you can understand me. Maybe I'll have to like, you know, change the way that I interact with you so that you're more responsive. But like, there's no less than, you know, you're still a person. You still have a heart. You still, you know, you're still a human. And like, there's this humanity about people just being different and being neurodivergent. and, And like, you know, I think about that in every aspect of life when it comes to like, sexuality you know gender and color and culture like let's just respect each other and like the fact that gull am i saying his name right yes gull. the fact that gull like to me it sounded like he was acting like an uncle he's like no kobe you can't have that you, <laughs> you can't know? watch the scary you stuff you can't watch <laughs> this this is video games you can't do this but I mean, it's know, funny like, to-, to see yeah like exactly it's like yeah but he's being an uncle and and like Kobe's going to learn to be such a good understanding yeah. man because of that. And when he sees other people in the community that are different, he's not going to gawk and he's not going to be one of those kids, you know, no. because he's seen it at home. So I, I, I tend to think. Oh, I'll beat like the shit out of him thing. if he does that. I'll beat the <laughs> shit out of him. I'm just saying. <laughs> you won't need to. You won't need to. I, I never, it's shocking to me how my son has grown up to be like the most patient. We had a kid the other day who was engaging in self-harm and Anthony, my son was like, let me at it. Like, let me talk to him. Let me, I can do this. And I'm like, dude, you're nine. I can't let you get involved in this situation. (laughs) And he just, he just felt he, in his mind, he's like, it's my friend, you know? Cause like every, all the kids that come to the center, he thinks are his friends. And I have to explain to them yeah, you guys can be friendly, but, like, this is mommy's client, and we have yeah. to have boundaries. But in his mind, he's like, I'll explain to him why he shouldn't have done that, and he'll he'll listen to me, and I just, I find Your son's going to be, gonna be so, an amazing man. I And he is already such an amazing young boy, and I'm just, yeah. I'm so proud of him, and I, I pray that he does something in this field, because I know that he's going to do great things. He's just so mm-hmm. loving and kind, and he just doesn't see difference, doesn't yeah. see difference, and... I just that's think that's amazing. So and, and so, and so to me, like, to me, I feel like having a brother, like my brother and probably you too, Liat, having a brother like your brother, like that is such a blessing. That's like, I'm sure Gull has brought something to your lives. I mean, that this maybe in, another this entire business, <laughs> like it's I always say, like whenever, yeah. yeah, I always say you guys could thank my brother, like for any of you yeah. guys who are like, or yeah. like. You know, it makes you like your MO stronger because like, dude, if I got all these be- like future BCBAs, like who are listening to me at a time who are like, like I have the platform to be like, you guys don't fuck this up. Like this is someone's <laughs> life. Like, and it's like, cause yeah. everyone I see as like a practitioner, I'm like, okay, I'd want you as my child's BCBA. I wouldn't want you or my, you know, so I do the just- same thing. I do yeah. the same thing. I'm like, what I want you to work with my child. Right. And if not, you're not hired. If not, then no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think you guys have such a strong platform and like just, I'm just very grateful to be able to connect with other like-minded women yeah. who are doing big things in this field. I think it's a new day and yes, I just remember what it looked like before and I'm just so happy to see mm-hmm. how, you know, I feel like you both, honestly, I'm not like... I'm really being serious. I think you both have really changed the way 
studying for the BCBA exam looks like, the pressure that people felt like passing the test. It's fun. You know, like sometimes I log into the lives and I'm like, I'm just going to see if I can answer these questions. Always get them wrong. Always get them wrong. Don't worry, I, do too. That. I don't even respond because I'm like, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> Last I'm just going to say really got me. <laughs> Verbal behavior is not my strong suit. But I'm, I was so smart. I'm, yeah. I'm still learning and I want yes. to always learn. And I want to learn from other people that have strengths that I don't have. And, you know, so thank and you. And I think thank keeping it real and like talking about the shitty shit sometimes yes. is makes people feel like, okay, you know what? I don't have to be this super professional, zipped up, right. tight wad like person. <laughs> I can be myself and I can right. be imperfect and yeah. show up some days. I might not be on my game. I might need, you know, some support. And, and the realer you are with people, the more you're going to be respected because they're going to yes. be like, oh my God, they're not perfect either. What? Okay, cool. We can can just, I tell like, you guys a really funny it. story real quick? Yeah. So my first uh, lecturer gig I got, I'm not even going to mention the school. Um, <laughs> it was a really great school, really great program. I, it was probably like t- around 2019-ish. So I was only a BCBA for maybe like five years. And this That's was a long like a time super, in this field. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I never feel like I know enough. But um, no, no, it was like a super technical program technical like they were they were raising like scholars not just practitioners Mm -hmm. and I remember like being in class and looking at these kids and being like oh man you guys are fucked this semester I have nothing to offer you (laughs) (laughs) and I remember I quit mid-semester because I'm like if these kids if these young people are gonna like pass the BCBA exam I'm not the instructor for them and then that's when I started that's when I started working at Northeastern because it wasn't an ABA program because I got my doctor from there and it was educational leadership. Like that felt more of my mm-hmm. vibe, you know, yeah. like I felt good about it. I felt like I could talk about it, but it was just funny because I, that was a time in my life where I was like, girl, you're not going to be great at everything. You're right. not going to be great at everything. And like cut your losses here, be honest Mm-hmm. And, you know, and don't lie, like, yeah. because people can see right through you when you're Hell not yeah. being authentic. People can see right through you. And I decided right there that, like, I can't be fake. I'm not going to pretend I know this shit because mm-hmm. I'm studying it just like you are right before I get to class. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. And that's what's keeping it real this. in class. Exactly. Exactly. I'm the one who's like, I'll like, I has taught me this skill that if you don't know something, I have a post-it note on here. Mm. Do not bullshit like you do, Casey. Because yeah. you sound more stupid. You sound more stupid <laughs> when you try to fake it. And I had to right. learn that the hard way because I would see my students and they'd just be looking at me like, wait. wait and then you're what? like under pressure. And you're yeah. Like, and I'm like, actually, like- I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just just forget everything I just said. <laughs> forget like, everything. Let's just I look just at Cooper together. All right? I don't know it. <laughs> Casey, you've gotten better. I should reinforce the behavior. Thank you. I have. Because now I take a beat. Yes. I used to not take a beat. I would be like, if yes. I'm not perfect. I'm the teacher. I have to know all of I have to know everything. And I became yeah. such a better teacher when I was told that, Casey, stop. Yep. You can breathe. Take a beat. And 
say, hey, let's look this up together. Like, yeah. Let's or like, let me process that for a moment. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I agree with you. Well, Steph, it was amazing having you on the show. It was amazing being here. I'm, I just, I, I adore you guys. Okay, you're amazing. Um, I think you both are doing wonderful things. And I just want to so thank you. you for so like you. changing the landscape. And I'm just so excited. And you keep doing the same thing. And let's collab thank more you. and keep doing Absolutely. Yeah. Next time we'll get Shoba on. I was going to we'll, say, I want we'll to see, And we'll see what she says about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I want to see who's, who's more like me. Who's more like me. Exactly. Exactly. I already, I already tell know. you. No, Shoba's more like me, Steph, I feel like. Yeah, Steph's like me. I, I, like when yeah. Steph said, oh, I go a million miles from 5 a.m. to 3, a, 3 yeah. a.m. And then I might be out for two days. That is the yacht to a T. To a T. But I'm more gra- – I will make every day 8 to 5. I That's will Shoba. get myself done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoba's like showing up. And I'm like, damn, like I can't be there for a while. <laughs> Keep it real. That's the, that's the uh, lesson we have to take away. All right, everyone. All right, Thank ladies. you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like what I want to title this show because there's so many great things we went into. So, like, I have a few ideas on paper. But Steph, thank you. You guys, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could sign up for our newsletters also to know what's new and happening on our website, behaviorbitches.com. You could also reach out to us there if you have any cool topics or ideas that you want us to cover, whether it's in the field of ABA or not. I love taking other things that we can make behavioral for all of you guys listening. And you can find us on Facebook, looking up the group Behavior Bitches podcast. And that's all we have for you today. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm -hmm.